When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Sidekick Psychic Josh is there in his Soho House style um, library area. Hi, Josh. Boyd, good to be here. You've got a lovely check shirt on today. This is yeah. uh, unusual for you not to be. Is that a Supreme or? Yeah, it is, it's Supreme. It is right. Supreme. Yeah, it is a Supreme. Yeah, to mm. be fair. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing a professional Zoom call just before this. So I thought I'd better, you know, better make an effort. This is as big an effort as it gets for me. I've. Um, yeah. I've never. Is that behind over your shoulder? Is that Lacazette? Yes. Is, I've never yeah. seen that before. Well, I've shown you that. Yeah, my my no. mate, my mate Elgar, my, one of my best friends, gave me this for my birthday. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's a signed, framed photo of the Lacazette shake hands thing. Yeah, it's good, isn't Brilliant. it? Brilliant. Yeah, so I'm really proud. Of, yeah. Far too rarely this season. Exactly. Exactly. We'll get on to that. That that was the voice of Ricky Lawrence. Hi, Ricky. Hello, Boyd. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Very well. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. And only for the second time, I think, uh, Max Goodborn is with us, uh, known as, on Twitter, <laughs> underscore Maxwell G underscore. That is correct. How are you doing, Boyd? I'm doing well. How are you, Max? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Bit Well, we'll get on to the game, I'm sure. Yeah. Your last tweet, I'm just going to tell listeners, your last tweet... Um, <laughs> Is, I'm going to read it out. Just finished episode three of Behind Her Eyes. TBH, to be honest, absolute shite. But, but, but hearing things of a mad ending going to persist for now. My question to you is, have you finished Behind Her Eyes yet on Netflix? That was only last night and it was it was series, it was episode three. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm really struggling with it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, Let but me just say, say, I'm, I'm yeah. hearing hearing stuff of an ending. But one of my friends texted me today saying that the ending's not all that. So I don't even know whether it's worth persisting with now. But what? Well, to add? all I'd say is to to listeners and to anyone, in, the, the Behind Her Eyes is a, is a six part um, <laughs> thriller series on Netflix, and um, I think it's got the most demented ending of anything ever made on TV. So. <laughs> 
you know, take that take that as you will. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it is the most insane ending of a major TV drama oh, you'll yeah. ever see. So it's worth. I think it's worth persevering with Max. Okay, I'll persevere. Yeah. I, I had a couple of drinks last night, so I don't. That was where <laughs> the, the the confidence tweet came from. A couple of drinks. <laughs> a couple of drinks is good. Is a good sign. Yeah, that's what you yeah. need. Anyway, we should talk about Arsenal. Last week we took, I took ages. Last week we had Ben Winston on, who caused quite a quite a stir. In our uh, mentions, didn't it, Josh? With his there have been calls for a Ben Winston, yeah. Alan Alga pay per view <laughs> podcast. Yeah, maybe we'd finally make some money after all these years of doing this podcast, boy. Maybe that's the route. Oh, that's an idea. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll be up for that. And uh, I've given Dan Baldwin because he, he, for listeners, in case people don't know, like seven years ago, I think pretty much, at this podcast used to be me, Dan Baldwin, and Ben Winston, really, like most weeks. And um, uh, Dan's gone on to be one of the most successful TV producers in in the country. He produces, you know, he produces um, things like um, Michael McIntyre. Michael McIntyre's. Uh, yeah. Yes. What was it called? That series? I love that series. I forgot wheel, what it's is it the wheel? The wheel. Thank you. Yeah. My brain. because It's, it's my almost mush. like it's your job to yeah, know, know about these things. I know. My yeah. brain is mush. has gone to mush because I just had to do an hour and a half professional interview thing with eight people, with that eight people. But yeah, he did Michael McIntyre, which is a brilliant series. I'm sure I'll agree, Ricky. Um, anyway, Dan's a very successful TV producer. And uh, Ben is, is, is an incredibly successful TV producer in America. Produces, um, what's his name? Uh, the Late Late Show with James Corden. And they used to, it used to be us three ch- talking shit about Arsenal every week. And Dan was calling for Arsene Wenger's head, I think it's, it's accurate to say, years in advance of, certainly when he actually did leave, well, was mm. sacked. And Ben was a staunch defender of, of Arsene Wenger through thick and thin. And it became quite a, um, a regular weekly thing. And now, of course, um, they're all, they're separated by thousands of miles. But, but Ben was bringing back. Ben Ben felt he had the receipts, as he, as he used the phrase, about um, what we thought. But, and, and, and accused me of calling for his head. Also, I don't think I ever called for his head until about a few seasons before he actually went. But anyway, that's the context of last week's podcast. Ricky, what is your feeling? I'm going to start on the... We'll look at the match, yesterday's match in detail. Well, in some detail. But what is your general feeling about the state of Arsenal? In, in the context of... Now, doesn't Thursday's game against Benfica, the second leg of this Europa League tie. Our whole season kind of rests on that now. We're now in 10th. We're stranded in 10th. We've got some very difficult league games coming up. If we lose, if we lose that game on Thursday, that's a big fucking nightmare, isn't it? For Arteta, for the club. How do we get in Europe, etc.? What's your feeling about the current state of play at the club? I, yeah, uh, in, a, in a word, yes. I, the Thursday's game is massive, and every Europa League game, hope, well, hopefully there'll be obviously a few more. Yeah, but they're all they're all going to define our season. Um, he put, I mean, I've obviously heard different arguments about the cup game against Southampton. I think that um, I was disappointed, very disappointed with the way we went out of the cup. I know he only rested a few players, but. <laughs> The league's been done for a while and, you know, we win a cup and you think, oh, maybe we could finish in the top six. And then we obviously lost to Wolves and Villa and um, again yesterday. And you realise that, you know, we're not going to finish in the top four. Even the top six is, I I, I, vague, I had a glance at the table today. I we're, we're far off. I'm sure Josh will know the amount of points that we are off um, sixth. But it doesn't excite you. Like, you know, when I watched Arsenal beat Leeds, when we, when we beat Leeds 4-2, it wasn't exciting, despite the fact we scored four goals for the first time in 
um, you know, a long time. It's not exciting. What is it could be exciting now is a cup run. And we could have had two cup runs. We've gone out of one. Thursday is massive, absolutely massive for us. And mm. it is for Arteta. I think yesterday, I think he would have rested more players. But I imagine, my I, I just have a hunch that he's under a bit of pressure from the board to not finish, you know, 8th, ninth, 10th. Because, you know, what's the lowest we finished? 8th, mm. and that was under him, albeit not the whole season, in donkey's years. He can't, he can't have finishing 10th of Arsenal on his CV. We're six points behind um, Liverpool and Everton. Uh, Liverpool sixth, Everton seventh. Uh, both got 40 points. We've currently got 34. We're two points behind Spurs. They've got game in hand. And we play them, obviously, quite soon. Yeah. So that's the situation. Max, it is... I mean, Josh was taking the piss out of me a bit, um, both on this podcast and um, in, in... I've the... never, ever taken the no, piss out of No, fair enough. I, I can take that. it, mate. I can take it. Uh, for for uh, uh, saying that I'd called for Arteta's head a couple, when we were in yeah. that terrible run. Well, I never did. I didn't. Uh, I just... I just. We had some guests on who did call for his head at that time, that terrible yeah. run. Do you remember? But, but now I feel... And he was taking the piss because I said, you know, I liked... I like the Leicester City, Brendan Rodgers, I thought was doing, mm. he's doing a brilliant job with Leicester, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying, I, I, I think at one point I said, you know, if, if I thought Brendan Rodgers would come to Arsenal, you know, <laughs> you kind of give it a go. But now I feel like I'm really worried for Arteta that if, we, if it all goes wrong on Thursday, and let's face it, we're quite capable of imploding <laughs> in that game on Thursday. It's going to be really difficult for him. What do you, what's your feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, just almost going back to the last point, I, you, you mentioned a lot of the teams that we're sitting behind, Liverpool, Everton, Spurs, have all had, you know, dreadful seasons. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of Arsenal fans at the moment, they're, I mean, I was, I, there was a lot of fans yesterday like, oh, yeah, I would have taken 1-0 down, uh, you know, with 15 minutes to go. And it's like, this isn't how Arsenal should be thinking. Mm. Um, I'm I'm not convinced by Arteta. And I feel like, you know, if we do lose to Benfica, which, as you say, we're capable of doing, we should have put them away in that first leg. We had, you know, we've got more than enough quality. They're not a great side. Like, when you look at the Vertonghen and Otamendi, we should be, we should be, like, we should be taking that all day. So I'm not convinced by it. I feel like with Arteta, there's just been too many bad performances, too many performances where we've not yielded enough attacking chances. And it feels like we need every one of our good players to be playing to really have a good performance. We need like Saka, we need Thomas Partey, we need Emil Smith-Rowe. And I just feel like there's too many decisions that I'm watching as a fan that's not a manager that Arteta just keeps doing them. And mm. I just I, like what? Like what decisions? Like what? Oh, it, it annoys me. Like yesterday, for example, like putting Pepe on the right hand side with Bellerin, which is consistently not worked. And I'll don't get me started about Bellerin because I could go, I could go on all day. But uh, I just and like you know, we, 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 Pepe. I think you know this. This is divides a lot of people's opinion. I think he's. A, I think he's a really good player. I think you know he's shown flashes of being amazing. And when we give him a run of games, and when he's got confidence, like naturally talent wise, he's one of the. He's one of our best players. You know, he can just bend it top corner when you give him the opportunity to do so. But then to stifle him, and then you know give him opportunities where Willian's playing at ten and Bellerin's behind him plays bad doesn't get in a team for five games things like that I've, I've just 
there's, there's been, uh, you know, with, there's so many problems in our team at the moment. It's so evident. But we're just miles away from the Arsenal I know and love and the, the football that I know. It, it hurts to watch, really, because... But, you know, I suppose, uh, you know, it's, it's hard really because so many other teams are having bad seasons and the fans aren't being there impacts everything as well. So, I you know, it's not it's not an easy job for Arteta at all. I know that. But it's, it's you know, if you ask me if I'm happy at the moment, far from it, really. Mm. Is it is it that bad, Josh? Is it is it? I do feel slightly sorry for Arteta. Like I'm still in, I'm I'm still in two minds about him because on on one hand we're playing much better. I think in general we are. He's improved the team since since the pits of you know the terrible run. But yeah. he was at fault. It was part quite largely, I think, to an extent, his fault why we're in that terrible run. I think he has to take some a lot of the blame for that. And now. I know what Max means. Some of the decisions are a bit... So the, what did you think about not change, change, playing exactly the same team from yeah. the league in the Europa game? was really a shock, wasn't it? Like that famously yeah. hasn't happened for... for, well, he, for he, trained, he trained the centre-backs, both centre-backs. Well, yeah. Oh, no, I meant... Sorry, I meant in the, from the last league game to the Europa game. Those, yeah, those no, two games sorry, in a row, yeah. yeah. Well, Which meant they then had to make five check, four or five changes for this game. Josh, what did you think of that decision particularly? I think one of the biggest problems all season is that we haven't had a front three that anyone can agree on at any point. We have had our best striker, Bamiang, predominantly out of form apart from, you know, a, a, a little hat trick against Leeds, which was, you know, I think we all hoped and thought might immediately inspire him back into uh, some great form. But there was a, a pretty poor miss uh, in the game against Benfica. And then he was, you know, fairly... Uh, well, fairly inactive, let's say, against Manchester City. So I just think that's been the biggest problem because, you know, even with, you know, a Smith Rowe who, who has rightfully had a lot of praise from you and many other people, you know, didn't, didn't find himself involved on Sunday. Pepe, you know, Max just alluded to glimpses. Um, Lacazette, you know, in January was dragging us through probably our best period of the season was the one getting goals and then suddenly... He's the one, you know, not not getting in the team. So um, all season, that's been the problem, hasn't it? And it probably felt like on the opening day when Willian was getting those assists and, you know, we were playing great and you probably thought we, we're going to have a pretty settled front, you know, three or four that we're going to know who's playing. And it, it just hasn't transpired. And for me, that's the bigger problem than the defenders. And we've, you know, we've had issues. Tierney's been out. David Louise has had sending offs. Um, we've had injuries. That's the problem, isn't it? Like if you if you look at this season, we've defensively been a lot stronger. It, it's going forward. We're not there. And thirty four points from twenty five games. We have lost more games than we've won. We've lost as many games as Fulham in the Premier League. It won't be that we don't get into you know, the top six, seven, because of losing to Man City, it will be, you know, fair enough across the season. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, Arteta is definitely getting a lot more goodwill than than many other people, you know, would have would have been getting in this in this situation. I think, you know, had we got uh, your friend Brendan Rogers, who in December <laughs> you said you'd you'd take tomorrow if he was available, or Ancelotti had come to us. I think it'd be under huge pressure for the for the points total. And you can say we're only six points off Everton and, and Liverpool, but Everton have got games in hand. Villa have got games in hand. I mean, 
we might. Well, so do, were you agreeing with me that Brendan we might Rod- be Le- Leeds? Leeds might you... go above us. We might be eleventh, like with complete. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, just just to, just to make it clear, are you are you agreeing that Ancelotti and Brendan Rodgers would have done better with this team? Than no, team? I'm saying I think they'd be under more pressure had they arrived in exactly this same situation. Um, right. If they if they were at the club, I just think there's goodwill towards because Arteta. Right, right. Yeah, and it, I may be rightfully so from from the FA Cup last year, and there's been enough glimpses. Um, and I don't want him to go. Not not at all. I think we'd definitely give him until the end of the season. I think. Yeah. I, I'm I'm scared for Thursday because yeah, you know, our Arsenal seasons you know for a long time would end in March, and we'd have probably half a dozen games left, and it would be like a bit dispiriting. The idea that we'll have 13 league games to meander to like somewhere between 8th and 12th is is a little bit frightening. Although it was good news today that we might be there for the final game of the season. Did you see? Did you yeah. see that, Boyd? Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was good end in March, Josh, if that's any consolation. What ends in March? Josh said our season normally ends oh, in March. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. end in March, but mainly because the season started a month later. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 you're yeah. right. That's a good I point. Think on Josh, I think on the point about Rodgers and Ancelotti, I think... No Arsenal fan would, well, no football fan would kid themselves that Ancelotti and Rodgers wouldn't have done a better job. Um, Brennan Rodgers is yeah. like, I mean, incredible back to back, unbelievable seasons thus far with, with Leicester. They're still in the FA Cup, the Europa League, and what are they? Second, third, third in the league. Third, yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Like, yeah, um, with basically one striker, um, and he's got done brilliantly out of him, Madison, Barnes, etc. Anyway, um, but this is what we got with managing someone that had never managed a minute of football before. Like, mm-hmm. He literally never managed a game of football and we took a chance on him. So there was every chance it was going to go terribly wrong and it could still go right. But I think he is being, we're taking advantage of the fact that that situation, of the situation that he's, he's a rookie and he's there whilst we're getting rid of rubbish players. Like, I think so many Arsenal fans were so happy with our January because we got rid of Mustafi and Kalasinac we won't go into Ozil, but you know, his, his left. Um, and I think that, that was, that was a, a massive, a massive positive of this season that we've, we've got rid of some, some of the dead weight. There's still, in my opinion, a lot of dead weight still to go, but look at Spurs, they're two points ahead of us. Okay. With the game in hand and some of their fans absolutely despise Mourinho, but they're mm. only two points, two points mm. ahead of us. So either their fans think they should be doing a lot better or Arsenal fans are very nice to be, like Josh said, a lot of goodwill is being shown to Arteta because the fact I don't hear the amount of Arsenal fans wanting Arteta out as I do Spurs fans wanting Mourinho. But Max, you're, you're, oh. you said you're fairly critical of Arteta, but do, do, but do you think <laughs> well, this is why I feel sorry for him? Just quickly, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Just think about this. Like Aubameyang had an open goal in that Benfica game. Yeah, right? yeah. That was the most incredible miss you'll ever see. And who? What? That's not Arteta's fault. Like on any day, you'd expect. And if we'd have, if he'd have scored that goal, I firmly believe he would have gone on to win that match. Right? Benfica were fairly yeah. shit, as you, as you suggested. They're yeah. not a great team, right? No. And how, that's not his fault that that Aubameyang missed that chance, which was unbelievable. And then in this game, in the City game, I know in its City, right? But we, we 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 let in a goal in the first ninety seconds. Yeah, and he said in the post-match interviews that that was a, a tactical thing that just the players just forgot in the first. And 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 they do have these moments, our players, of unbelievable lack of concentration. We suddenly yeah. just do not concentrate, and that's felt to me like what happened with that first goal. So it's that that's not his fault, is it? So are you are you blaming him for those kind of things? I feel like he's a he's an unlucky manager. Look, football's like that, isn't it? You're going to have these chances that games hinge on. Um, 
I, it's it's hard to say, really. Like, I don't blame Arteta for Aubameyang missing that. You know, he's he's cold. You know, he, he can. He's been a lot. He's been cold this season a lot of the time. He hasn't. He hasn't been the Aubameyang. You know, bar that Leeds game, which, to be honest, a couple of goals were quite fortunate, really. But you know, he's not the Aubameyang that we that we know and love. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a tricky one, really, isn't it? Like that City game, though. Like. I just, there's things that Arteta does, like, how many times this season, like, I listened to um, Arse blog today, and they mentioned that Man City kicked off the game, you know, kept the ball for minute 45, ball in from Mares, um, nodded home by Raheem Sterling, one minute 45 seconds on the clock, fine. The rest of the game... Like, we've not really laid a glove on them. They didn't really get out in second gear. We didn't really look like scoring. And, you know, in in comparison, we get the ball. We st- we kick off for the second half. What do we do? We do what we always do. Goes back to the centre half. Rob Holding. And he just and we toss it out to the left and end up losing the ball. Just little things like that that are grating on me a little bit, I think. Mm. Um, but, no, I hear you. Like, I... These little individual things, but we're good. We're a good enough team that we should be able to beat that Benfica side. Um, yeah, it, it's the, that, that's that's the for yeah. me is I, I, we should have beaten Benfica. Yeah, and I think and I think his team selection for that game, you know, because I, 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 because we did play really well against Leeds, didn't we, Ricky? But we played really well against Leeds. But Leeds are like for me, like if we played Leeds every week, we'd be top of the league because they are literally they literally played completely into our hands, don't they? The way they play, it's like it's like a dream for us to play against that opener team. And we and and we played really well. And Bayern scored his hat trick. Blah blah blah. Um, so then to then play the same team, I could understand it because what you know if if you if you seize upon if you, if you score four goals, then fair enough. But now it's like. I don't know. Now I feel like he's that that, that he hasn't really planned for this return leg. Does it? You know, I, I don't know. I I I don't see the issue with him playing this team that beat Leeds four two to play against Benfica. I think the potential bigger issue is that he didn't four two. You're right. Yeah. Um, he didn't rest. You know, well, he didn't make ten changes yesterday. But I yeah. think I think he was in a bit of a catch twenty two. I think he knows that the Benfica was massive, the next the second leg, but he couldn't throw the game yesterday. Um, mm. You know, like, should Saka was what started every game for as long as I can remember, but he has to. He's been our best player this season by a country mile. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, he probably could have played Lacazette ahead of maybe Aubameyang um, or Saka, but he probably felt like, you know, too many changes and it, it does look like his 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 basically giving Man City the win. Um, it's the Xhaka, I would say the, the the midfield for me was the real issue. Right, so this is the pro- this is my issue. I I understand what Josh meant about you know our front three hasn't been consistent, but I think our midfield and and centre backs centre back partnerships. I feel like, like if if I feel like if you ask ten Arsenal fans, um, you know what your favourite centre back partnership would be, you'd get four or five even five different answers we only yeah. have four centre-backs like no yeah. one no one probably knows what their best centre-back or not no one agrees um, yeah. it, you, you would struggle to beat most teams in the league with a centre-midfield partnership of Jacques Reno and any right. so right. what chance have they got of beating yeah. Man City like the fact that it was only 1-0 is probably a miracle like yeah. that that midfield it's it, 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 a friend messaged me today he lives in Hong Kong and he said he woke up this morning and watched the game as live, and he was berating Jacker. And the thing is, like Jacker, Jacker, unfortunately, 
makes me sad watching Arsenal. And you throw an any in next to him, it's just it's just so dull, so boring. Yeah. There's just no and okay, we've got a party, but in my opinion, he hasn't shown much yet, but but that's mainly due to injuries. Um, I know people are excited about him, and I'm sure he'll be a brilliant player for us, but he's been injured the majority of the time. And Sabios is, is hot and cold. One minute he'll have a great game, <laughs> the next he'll go missing. Um but, but I agree. But I was incredulous that he put Shaka and El Nenny together for this game. It's just a painful watch more than anything. Yeah, it's just it's like... painful. But but I do think he has to take. I, I mean, Sabios played really well in the previous in the previous game, and I just think. I, I just think it's insanity to play that Jacques Elneny. Yeah, he's, that... he's got three. He's got three options. One because um, Partey's injured, mm. and he probably thought Elneny is more defensive. Jacka Jacka is always looks like he's always there. I don't, I can't remember. I'm sure he. I'm sure Sabias and Elneny have played together, but I feel like Jacka or Partey have played every game for for a while now. Um, so it's always going to be Jacka, and he probably thought Elneny is a bit more defensive. We're playing the best team in the country. I'll play on any, and it's just so uninspiring. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's unenjoyable to watch, unfortunately. Not, not only that, but when you go one nil down, what's your yeah. hope then? Mm. And right. he took an incredibly long time to make a substitution, didn't he? I think this is the substitutions is becoming a bit of an issue. I think, isn't it? Like, what? Why is you one nil down? City had City had kind of ground into nothingness. I felt like in the second half, you know, there was a period where. It's a weird period where they almost like couldn't even be bothered to like you know have a go at us, and they were just like, and we we had we had more possession than them, I think, in the second half. Actually, I think it was fifty one percent to forty nine percent in the second half. But we because he didn't change it, he didn't ch- he didn't change it for a long time. Was it seventieth minute maybe when I think he made a change? Seventy third. Seventy third. I just feel like what you know it just it just that was just ridiculous i felt like it, he has a gone just yeah no i mentioned earlier about the uncertainty of who's going to be playing at the top end of our pitch and it, it seems like barely uh what six seven weeks ago when martinelli came back in and there was this huge excitement and months we'd been speaking about the return of martinelli and Okay, a, a slight setback, an injury, but very clearly fit enough to have been on the on the bench in the last month. I thought yesterday was a game to give Martinelli time because if you are sort of accepting that Man City are on a run of 17 straight wins, even Arsenal's best teams of the last decade or two would have probably struggled, then mix it up a bit. If you're not going to play, you know, Martinelli anyway in the in the next leg, give him game time. Give us give us something to get a little bit excited about. And and I found it again odd that he, you know, not only didn't didn't start, but even, you know, di- didn't get on for any game time. Because much as it was a one nil, it was the most emphatic one nil I can remember. Like it, it felt like at, at no no point. I mean, we could have still been playing, yeah. you know hours and hours later <laughs> we, we wouldn't have been scoring would we it was just so easy but like that's not a disgrace Man City are incredible yeah. we've got Rob Holding who cost and uh, you know I'm not getting down the road of he only cost two million but he cost two million from Bolton Pablo Mari cost under four million from Flamengo forget the fact that they've got John Stones and Ruben Diaz they've got Laporte out who costs our 50 million they've got Nathan Ake who costs 40 million oh, like, yeah. they're just a world away from what we have to deal with and that's okay but then I just felt you know, mix it up sufficiently so you leave us with all guns blazing. No one's in any doubt what we're going to do on Thursday and the players are a bit more fresh because it's everything now, isn't it? Like our whole excitement for four months of Arsenal and, you know, until August basically is based on if we win a game on Thursday. That's how I feel. 
Yeah, of course we were playing. We were playing by far the best team, you know, of, of the moment. And I don't. I, 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 you're right. I think I don't think the team for one second felt they could um, win that game or get anything out of that game. But I think that comes from the top. I don't think he did either. I don't think I felt like Arteta didn't believe it for a second either. Which is why, for me, like when you know, in City, when City did kind of like give up almost in the second half to some extent. Well, they certainly weren't bothering much, put it that way. He could have run 63 minutes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we could have seized the day. Another manager might have tried to seize the day at that point on 60 minutes, you know, 63 minutes rather than wait for 70. And, and these things, I don't know, these things are quite telling, aren't they? I think, you know, that, that he just kind of sat there and just, I don't know, just, and I found the, I have to mention the um, Pep loving the Pep interview afterwards where he's like, going on about how I've learned things from, from Arteta and I'm going to go away and think, I'm like, you are so patronized. That is such bullshit. Like, you are, you know, like, what the fuck has he learned from, from that? Nothing whatsoever. He was being so over the top about how brilliant, what a genius Arteta is. I thought it was a bit embarrassing. Yeah, so you can tell when managers are always happy to give interviews like that, it's after they've just beaten you. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think my part of my issue with Emery was, was that he was almost, he'd almost set us up like you'd expect, like in almost, in most games, like you'd expect Burnley to set up against, you know, yeah. Arsenal away. And I, it was, it was, yeah. it was dull. Yeah. And I think Arteta has done a lot of good things of Arsenal, but I think overall from game to game, it is too dull. It is too boring. Um, and that's why Arsenal at the moment. But it was fine against Leeds. It was great against Leeds. Yeah, but pretty that good was against Benfica. Similar we? I mean, to what I hear, and Max even alluded to it before, Pepe has always got flashes of brilliance. I've never heard a player have somebody have been described as having flashes of brilliance so many times. Like for me, Pepe Pepe's played what is 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 nearly at the end of his second season, and all I've heard of him is having flashes of brilliance. Like I know Saka's a bit of a different case because he's unbelievable, but he's done more for Arsenal. He did. He did more for Arsenal. Saka when he played his first like three months of football than Pepe has done in two seasons, and it's just like I understand Pepe didn't put the seventy-two million price tag against him, but you know he's just he's just another one for me. He's just not good enough. But uh, Max is right, isn't he? He plays better on the other side. He's played well on the other side in the last played, couple of games. Yeah, he, he, was, he, was, he was. He was. He was all right for two or three games. Great, but hmm. you know, then, he got, then he was dropped, which you, which which is you know. I, I, I'm I, not, I, go on. Go on sorry, I was just wanted to say like. I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I think I really think Bellerin struggles not because he's better on the left hand side, but because Bellerin doesn't offer him what a fullback should. How many times yesterday did you see Bellerin play, trying to play as a centre mid, like inside? He does that so often. Like he, before Bellerin under Emery, we were so used. He was absolutely lightning quick, wasn't he? Always like get, get, get hitting the byline so quick, balls into the box. His final ball is so poor now. I've just, I've, I've really. Uh, he's a, he's a great guy. Like <laughs> love him in you yeah. know in everything he does off the pitch. He's he's you know he he's you know he's Spanglish and and love. Um, you know, his H and M clothes. Are you wearing any of his H and M clothing line right now? <laughs> Looks like it. Yeah. No, it's been he's it, been at us for so long, and I think sometimes it's hard to put that against him. Mm. And I think people like you don't really see him get criticised like he should. But I feel like if we had a really proficient right back, you look at Cancelo yesterday, like the likes of Ricardo Pereira for Leicester, your favourite team, Boyd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I, I think we're really like short of a good right back and. He works, Bella, uh, Pepe will work so much better with Cedric on the other side. And I think 
it's it's chalk and cheese, really. It really uh, is. I, I, Bellerin's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he, he had a couple of. I mean, he just has some games where I, I think the problem is there is no link up, is there, between him and Pepe? I mean, that absolutely. is absolutely where yeah. even if you think even when Bellerin plays well, which I think he, you know, he played well. I think I'm, he I'm, I'm, played I'm right against Leeds. He played he played, he played right well against Leeds. Leeds I would say. Yeah. Um, um, and sometimes he makes marauding runs, you know, and I, he, he, the final ball isn't there. Sometimes, you know, he scored recently, didn't he? You know, so even, you know, so it's like he's but there's no link out with Pepe at all. It's almost like they don't like each other. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like neither of them is really in sync at all. Um, and that, and that's weird if you're going to play them. And then you, cause you look at the other side, it's like the difference, the, 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 uh, unbalanced nature of us yesterday was extraordinary because, because the, on the other side, you know, it was amazing. And every single yeah. attack, you felt Tierney and Zucker were the, were, could make something happen every time. And that, you know, it, it, it didn't quite happen. But the contrast was amazing between those two and Bellerin and Pepe. I saw someone, one of the football journalists tweeted that Pepe had a, was trying desperately and making runs constantly and was always looking for the ball. And they just weren't giving it to him. Yeah. <laughs> Bellerin wasn't giving it to him. And, and so, again, you know, I kind of slightly feel sorry for him. What do we think of Odegaard? Because... Yeah, Ooh. I thought in you know last in this last game before this one he was made some amazing passes, um, yeah. Rick. You know some some Ozilian. You I know you're a big fan of Mesut. Some Mesut esque passes, um, astonishing. But he was crap yesterday, wasn't he against City? <laughs> like I thought, he, I just thought he completely. I mean, everyone not not many players were good, but he wasn't great. And I thought he should have been substituted way sooner than he was. I, I definitely agree with the substitution. I agree. Yeah, he, he had a poor game yesterday. It happens. I think um, you know Josh alluded to the fact that Man City had. He just named two players that cost almost 100 million that weren't playing from yesterday. Um, whereas we're signing, we've got two players on loan from Real Madrid. I don't, you know, I understand. I understand why it happens. Um, it irks me a bit. It particularly irks me the fact that you know we've given Sabas number eight and uh, Odegaard number eleven. It doesn't sit right with me that we've got these two players on loan that have got first yeah. team number shirts. But that's maybe a bit of a sad point. Um, at least, at least neither of them's a ten. Then you'd be absolutely furious with that. I'm, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that William, William will take that shirt next season. Oh God, don't um, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. The main positive, by the way, just to interrupt you, is that, is that William did not come on at all. Which is yeah. Like, well, this is this is this is my without going down the Özil route. It's, it's oh, my go on. Problem. No, no. It's, we we signed. We had Özil. We he, Arteta obviously, you know, he left. He's yeah. gone, but we've got someone who's earning almost as much as him, who's offered absolutely nothing. You might as well have just stuck with Urza for one million a year rather than have William for three now. Anyway, um, yeah, Ode- Odegaard was poor. The whole, the whole, the whole team weren't great yesterday. I think um, it's funny. Josh mentioned about Aubameyang being off form. And for me, if you name your first, if you name your Arsenal first team, he has to start every single game. You know, he's, he's, our, he's, he's still our best player in my opinion. Um, he hasn't been our best player this season, but he's our best player. And I think it's funny because when he was playing on the left wing every game, people were saying, play him up front, play him up front. If he plays up front and then people moan because he hasn't got the hold-up play, which I do agree with. His hold-up play is poor. His all-round game isn't poor, but his hold-up play is poor. Mm. However, he's... Because that's hold-up play is much better, isn't it? I mean, much better, much better. But yeah. although he, he's obviously had a poor season, but he is an unbelievable finisher. He's proven it, not just in England, but, um, you know... In, in a few different countries. Um, he's an unbelievable footballer and he has to start for Arsenal. 
And when you talk about teams having uh, players, building a team around a player, yeah, okay, he's, what, 30, 31 years old now, but you still have to do everything you can to get the best out of him. And okay, he's missed chance. Like, the Benfica chance was massive, but he's dragged us to where we are pretty much. Like, look at the FA Cup. You you said Arteta's a lucky manager, which I don't necessarily agree with, but... Unlucky. I think he's unlucky. Yeah, I don't necessarily... Sorry, unlucky. I don't necessarily agree with, because, you know, if you look at things like the FA Cup, like, you know, we... Chelsea went down to 10 men. We were very lucky with that. We rode our luck against Man City. But I think, um, you know, Aubameyang scored the three goals in the last two of the semi-final and the final that basically won us the FA Cup. Um, okay, he hasn't scored so many goals this season, but he's unbelievable. And we have to, yeah. as as, our, as the manager, Arteta should be doing all that he can. I'm not saying he's not, but he should be doing all that he can to get the, the most out of Aubameyang. And he scored eight Premier League goals this season and three of them were in one game. Not blaming that all on Arteta, but it's uh, that that something somewhere has gone really wrong. I feel like with 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 Aubameyang, the setup like against Leeds needs to be absolutely on the money for him to be playing at centre forward. Like he he needs he needs the team built around him in that aspect. That's why we have sort of shafted him off to the left because when we were having that really barren bad spell and he wasn't scoring, like it was like I'll oh, get him get him on the left because then he might get involved a bit more. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been left wanting a lot this season really. What do you think? We'll go to a break in a minute. What is what what is your up front lineup because scoring goals has been our problem hasn't it I mean Josh is right Josh mentioned it ages ago but he's absolutely right I mean defensively we're always there's always going to be like you know that let the City goal in in the minute 45 seconds was was classic Arsenal in many ways but but generally our defence has not been that much has been better you know than it has been for some for some time and is about on a level with other teams around us in the league but this, but it's our lack of goals has been the problem, hasn't it? What, what, who would you put up play up front, Max? Who would be your, you know, what, what's your, who would you put up there? Because it does keep changing. It's true. What is, is this just in general? Your preferred? Do you think? Well, a, do you think he should then rotate constantly? Are you with? Do you would, agree with Rick that Aubameyang should be playing every game? And it's a, it's a case I would, of building round. I would still be having Aubameyang up front. Yeah, mm. I would still be having Aubameyang down the middle. Um, and then I suppose for me, I would have Pepe on the right, um, Saka on the, uh, sorry, Saka on the right, Pepe on the left and one of Emil Smith-Rowe or Erdogan in the middle. Hmm. Um, I I, I, I like, I like, I love Emil Smith-Rowe and I think he's been classed a lot this season. It's just, it's hard for him. Like, I feel like there's so much being asked of him. You know, he's, he's, he got thrusted into the team and where where like a, a, a Phil Foden's had like really good time to come in like over the last couple of years and show flashes of brilliance and finally like getting like a real good run of the team it's like oh we're gonna have to push Emil Smith right in there and he's just get you just get flogged every game so it's a, it's a hard one for him and and I, I worry about him because he's had a, he had a long injury last time didn't he well I think Josh we went to the, the Forest game when he got injured. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah. Wow, amazing, uh, amazing memory memories of being in a stadium. I, I think I'm I'm with both Max and Rick on this in terms of you know Abamyang, um, you know being being the leading line. I think he has to be. But but right now, I'd I'd be tempted to go back to having him on the left and having uh, Lacazette uh, up top and and playing Saka. I, I just um, I just would. I just think Lacazette dragged us through a difficult period in 
in January uh, was was in good form and amongst the goals and and probably deserved to you know keep a little bit more of his uh, of his place in the team. What about you, Boyd? What, you'd be. I'm with you a bit. Yeah, I think I think Aubameyang prefers playing with Zaka. I think he looks happier. Yeah. When, and I'm not saying it's because they link so well. Although there have been games people forget. You know, it was the away game in the when we before we reached the final of the Europa League last season when they. They play brilliantly together, I think. You know, that's it. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's right. So it does happen that they can play, that they can kind of link up with each other. But I just think Aubameyang, if Aubameyang's happy, (laughs) happy, then I think he's much plays better, and I think he's happier when Lacazette's on the pitch. So I I, I kind of agree with you. I'd have maybe Lacazette, Aubameyang, Emil Smith Rowe, and Zaka. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe Odegaard and Smith Rowe can can kind of alternate because that's why. Odegaard's come in clearly. Go on, Rick. Hey, sorry, boy. I, I um, I don't think it's necessary, like to have a solid. You know, these are the front four we always want to yeah. play. I think it depends on the game. My sure. issue, you mentioned about our defence being better, and I agree. But the problem, I think, there goes into the fact that we moan about or people moan about Aubameyang's hold-up play. We don't necessarily want our striker to to be no. holding the ball up all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. You shouldn't be coming that deep to know. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Some teams, yeah, okay, like look at Harry Kane, unbelievable hold-up play because of the way Spurs play, but look at the amount of Spurs fans that moan about the way Spurs play. Um, Firmino, you know, plays in that false nine or whatever, you know, but he doesn't hold the ball up as much. You know, they play, okay, Liverpool, again, are a brilliant team, but not every striker needs to hold the ball up. It depends on how you play. I think that's why our defence is better, or at least our defensive record is better, because the way our team plays is that you rely on our striker to hold the ball up. But against Leeds, we didn't have a banning hold of the ball up. He just mm. put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. So in certain games, yeah, Lacazette will do it brilliantly. But in other games, you want Aubameyang maybe through the middle. Um, but I think that's why, you know, I, I think Rob Holding is probably, I, I wouldn't mind if he was our fourth choice centre-back and played in the League Cup or, you know, <laughs> in an FA Cup game when we were playing Blackpool away or whatever. But in my opinion, yeah, it's a great signing because he spent two million on it, but he shouldn't be playing for Arsenal week in, week out. And we're almost having to compensate for having a weaker back line um, and a midfield of sometimes Xhaka and Elneny by being a more defensive team, which is my problem with Arsenal with, uh, as a rule. If we were more on the front foot and we have defenders that you could rely on and a midfield that you could rely on, we wouldn't have to worry about Bamiyang's hold-up play or the fact that we've got Rob Holding at the back. We could worry about having... Don't want to again go into the Saliba debate because I've never seen him kick a football, but we could <laughs> like to see us have two good centre-backs. We've got Tierney, Bellerin, I agree. I love him, but he's struggled. Um, and a good centre field where you can say, don't worry about, you know, getting back all the time about it. Aubameyang often spends more time in our box than he does in the other teams. And that's why we have a better defensive record because we have players that are having to fit into the shape that Arteta wants, which I believe is a general more defensive one than the one I like Arsenal to play. Okay, well, fairly damning. Um, let's take a quick break and we'll talk more about the future of Arsenal after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. 
from dope 250 watt city bikes to Harley Bobber inspired 750 watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike e-bikes that are cool af and we're back from the break josh um i just wanted to be a little bit positive <laughs> boyd about the news from, uh, from boris today just uh, does it, boris johnson the, idea, the prime well, minister just in terms of like they've said ten thousand fans may get into the stadiums from uh i think it said may 17th so i think ricky is it right we've got one game Brighton on on the final day of the season so we can all be there to try and cheer them on tonight so it's quite something to look forward to for our right. for our for our mid-may trip to the Emirates I would like to go now I really would like to go it's been a year um as it has for so many people apart from the couple of thousand that went for the for the games but it's quite a nice feeling to think there'll be 10,000 at that game Boyd there was a yeah. There was a funny moment in the commentary yesterday where Gary Neville said something like, um, "If if there was been a crowd there that, at the Emirates, they would have pulled Arsenal through or something." To to I was like, "Really?" <laughs> I was like, "I <laughs> well, mean, much as much as I'd love to to have been there, and you know, sometimes." But, but you, that that was quite a. a, a I, I funny sort of moment. understood what he was getting at in that you would think, okay, and the people that Max mentioned earlier about saying, okay. We could have taken being 1-0 down with 15 minutes to go because then we go. Then the crowd gets on the back and sort of encourages going forward and almost tuts. And if a ball goes backwards or to sides, you can build a bit of an atmosphere of trying to force the team forward. And it didn't feel like that. I just felt there was no belief that the team, they were kind of like, you know what, we'll get beat 1-0. We'll start thinking about Thursday. And I just think that's what Neville meant. Not that we have the greatest atmosphere in the Premier League and, you know, it's unrivaled anywhere. Yeah, I thought there was a bit, a lot of people were like, because we lose by three every single time we play them in the last like yeah. five years, that there was a huge, a huge advance was to only lose by one. But um, yeah, I didn't think, I, I don't, I don't take that much um, uh, positivity from it. Indeed. So I, I, I hope we would all look forward to that. The other thing that was interesting, I sort of only really noticed Arthur, was it, I mean, Inketia has just been, he's like bombed out the squad even yesterday, mm. wasn't he? I mean, you know, mm. this was someone who was getting quite a bit of game time, not not that long ago and, and being like the option off the bench. So I wonder mm. about the the breakdown in, in relationship uh, that might be going on there. Might be another is it one. That or is it just where, who would you, who would you have him on the bench instead of? I don't know. Um, also, because, well, I mean, there was a lot, there was kind of Smith Rowe, Willian, Martinelli. It was kind of like, well, you're not going to need. Yeah, I don't know. William. I just thought, and Inketia at least is, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was interesting to see that he's. Uh, I think Inketia's. I think Inketia's going to be sold in the. In the yeah, summer. it feels. And I think like, fair enough. I kind of think fair enough. Don't you? What do you anyone? think his level is? Do you think he'll stay Premier with lower Premier League? Ricky, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, I think lower Premier League. I think West Brom maybe. <laughs> you know, so they're not going to be in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I always when players go out on loan, I. It's interesting because I think it tells a lot about that player. And he just played second fiddle to Patrick Bamford in the championship, albeit Patrick Bamford's had an unbelievable season. But he barely got a sniff there in the championship and ended up coming back to us. And he's, he, again, I, I don't mean to, to sound negative, he's not good enough to play for Arsenal. The same way that Joe Willock isn't 
good enough to play for Arsenal every week. The same way that Maitland-Niles isn't good enough and the same way that Reese Nelson, these young players, it's lovely to have them through, but uh, to come through. But I uh, look at, again, I allude to Saka. He's just made them all look, not silly, but he's not, he he clearly is good enough to play for Arsenal where like Reese Nelson, who apparently didn't want to go out alone or whatever, he's not good enough to play for Arsenal every single week and that's what we need. We don't need players that, you know, um, are going to warm the bench. And Nketi apparently isn't even good enough to do that. It's, if we can get any money, whatever we can get for him, take it. Yeah, I agree with that. Max, that's not a controversial... Uh, you know, he seems like a lovely guy, you know, and I feel, you know, but I, 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 I wouldn't... I, you, you, you've got to be fairly ruthless in these things, haven't you? I don't think Nketi is like... Is, no. is a, is a, it doesn't feel like a future Arsenal player. No. I think he's had enough chances, hasn't well, he? That's what I was going to say. He has had enough chances. And you think about, you know, big games this season, big chances for him to step up where he could have really put himself in firmly in the, in the eye of the squad. Like he had the Everton game. I remember on the turn of Christmas where, he, you know, he missed, missed a big chance. I remember in that game, the Southampton game, the FA Cup where Aubameyang had, you know, the situation with family again in that game, missed big chances. So he's, you know, he's, he's not been, he's not been short of opportunities in the team and, you know, I, I like him because, you know, he's, he's one of these players that you can just tell he leaves it all out there. He works really hard. But, you know, I think as Rick was saying, I just, I, I don't think he is good enough for Arsenal, unfortunately. He, uh, I, I think he will be moved. Yeah. I'm slightly more worried about Martinelli, Josh, really. That, I mean, yeah. he came on yesterday, but Arteta seems to be reluctant to give him much game time, doesn't he? And, and as you said, you know, we were all like, I mean, maybe foolishly, but we were all like, you know, praying for his return and putting a lot of uh, emphasis on the fact that he could help us massively. But now I feel like Emil Smith-Rose, what, what's happening with Emil Smith-Rose kind of obscured the fact that Martinelli has not been a presence. Did you say he came on yesterday? He didn't come on yesterday. Didn't he? Oh, no. No, I don't think he came on. Uh, I imagined, I, I dreamt he did. I dreamt you know, he I would did. have liked to have, um, yeah. would have, would have been nice to have come, come on. on. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's ready to unleash him on on Thursday. I, I, Thursday is 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 just so so interesting. I've only just noticed it's a five to six um, game. Uh, so a quick one after the working day ends for you. Although your working day, Boyd, is till about eight pm usually with your celebs you have to do podcasts with. So <laughs> yeah. I hope you'll be able to get yourself away to watch on on your yeah. HD TV and yeah. probably whatever freebies you've been sent to watch the game. with. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you're right. I, I, I foolishly, I, I, I fantasised that uh, Martinelli came on. I think I was just, uh, it just seemed such an obvious thing to bring him on that I'm, I can't believe that he didn't actually bring him on. No. So ben, Benfica, I, I looked at this, they made six changes. Um, and yeah. I think that tells you, you know, you know where, where their priorities lie and they really, you know, did change it up. They had a very disappointing draw against a, a relegation uh, threatened team. So I, I, I just... I, I'm I'm nervous because I do you remember I've been turning We're up to the game at Olympiacos, <laughs> the the home game, yeah. and there was no nerves. We were in like a good little period. I just thought, yeah, we'll be all right. But and it and it it was crushing. It was like such a low a low moment. And obviously, none of us are going to be in a stadium in the middle of of Athens. But it's. Um, it's really concerning. I do think we're going to get through, though, Boyd. I really, yeah. I really do. I just think, you know. I can't see us missing the level of opportunities we managed to miss the other day. So um, I do think the season and the interest in it from a cup competition will go on. So would you play know. the same? Would you bring the same team back, um, Max, that he played last week against Benfica? That in in the one or draw? Would you? Would you? What kind of team would you play? What kind of thing you think thought, you play? I thought it was particularly interesting how he started T and E against City. To be honest. 
So I really don't know. I would like to think, I would imagine he's, he has plans to play Cedric, given the fact he didn't play at the week at the weekend. Um, yeah. yeah, I will imagine we'll see a, a pretty similar team because that team on the night was good enough to to have beaten Benfica. And as we yeah. said earlier, they're not the best team. So I've, I would like to think we've got enough. enough yeah, in the, in I, the I, I, I feel so. I think David Luiz will definitely come back in uh, from, yeah. from the game on Sunday. Um, and I wouldn't be too shocked to see Lacazette find a way into the into the starting eleven. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's um, yeah, it's just just huge, just huge too. Because even I mean, it's starting having like bizarre you know thoughts today of like Arsenal and Spurs, both obviously two of the favourites really left in the competition, both unlikely or very conceivably not getting into Europe. Can you imagine if we get to like? a semi-final or even a final and it's it's kind of Arsenal Spurs and not only is it to just be in you it's again the Champions League and win a win a trophy there could be a lot of drama yet yeah yeah there could be yeah um he's got to bring Rick, Ricky he's got to bring um Ceballos back hasn't he with uh I mean the midfield he's got I mean if he yeah. plays that I, I play the same team he played in the first day pretty much right. I mean um my, my like I said before I'm I can except whoever he plays in that sort of front four, in the front four positions. So then they all, they all made their cases over the last few weeks. My bigger concern is the, I pray that he plays David Luiz. Gabriel's looked shaky the last couple of games, but I would still have him ahead of the other two options. Um, I actually think he played Tierney yesterday because Tierney looked rusty against Benfica when he came on. Um, and that he thought he needs to get some minutes in his legs. I think he'll play Tierney and Bellerin. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he plays Cedric, but I don't think he will because I think Cedric is, is firmly the backup. Um, but I, I, I don't want to talk about Xhaka because I get angry. But um, hasn't wait a minute, just quickly on Xhaka, hasn't Xhaka played well recently? He's been playing. He's been. He's been, been a lot better. Worst, hasn't he, to be fair, the to worst me. signing of my lifetime. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Of any club, of any club, of any football. Wow. The worst signing. Worse than Mustafi. He's played so many more times than Mustafi. Oh, okay. Everyone sort of wrote him off. He was a joke figure. Jacques has played. Even, you know what killed me was when um, I read an interview of Xhaka, uh, I think it was around Christmas, and said that he was going to leave last January and Arteta convinced him to stay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't believe it. I yeah. It was, but he's playing uh, forward uh, passes now, isn't he? Isn't he? Let's great. be fair like, to it. Max isn't is, is a lot better. Max, what's I, your I feel, like, I feel like because we've had four, what, nearly four years of Granite Xhaka, <laughs> we're modelling Granite Xhaka performances on bad Granite Xhaka, yeah, and he's just been—he's not been good enough. Like he's—he's he's still been so substandard for what you would pay four years ago, thirty-seven and a half million for a centre mid. Like for a, like he's got—he's got his qualities where yeah he can deliver an all right pass out to the left foot, but he can't take it on the turn. Like and even I'll go back to the Benfica game. Like one was it one minute to half time? Yeah, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. How many times does he yeah. just get get yeah. dispossessed on the edge of the box? Things like that. I'm just. Yeah. So used to seeing it like and the only time like <laughs> I'm sorry I'm getting, I'm getting a bit I'm getting a bit I just say nah like hyperventilating <laughs> just thinking about Jacker so many times we've seen it haven't we like and and we'll, we'll, we'll if if the opposition don't capitalize on those mistakes he'll still have had a good game but people people forget about those things I think Partey, I think, you know, the injury to part again, that is part of my 
Arteta's unlucky theory because I think he 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 would we would have seen a lot less of Xhaka if Partey had been consistently yeah. fit and yeah. I really do think that and I know he played him with Partey quite a lot mm. but equally I think Partey and Ceballos would have been a decent much better midfield uh, yeah uh, but boys you, you can talk about luck and then you only have to look at, at Liverpool and to start thinking about you know what on earth they've had in terms of Three key centre backs. Oh, I know. I'm not. Oh, Liverpool, I don't think we've Liverpool. had it worse than, than oh, other clubs. I'm not saying. No, 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 no. I'm not saying. Uh, in inj- injury wise, I'm just saying that I think Arteta's had bad luck on it in a number of different ways. But I think Liverpool have had the worst injury luck. Of mm. course, that that's an absolute disaster. Yeah. That, yeah. That, I think and, 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 this season yeah. more than any other was was going to be a mix of, you know, clubs suffering from you know injuries being picked up. I think that was one of the things we we're all we we're all warned about. Yeah. So what's your what's your prediction, Boyd, for this Benfica game? Do you think we're going through? Oh God. I mean anything could happen really, couldn't it? I mean Deep down, I probably think we're going to go out. No, no, no. I no. just I worry that do you know, I have the slight... Th- I was thinking about this yesterday with Arteta. Like, I think he's a technocrat. Do you know, what, do you know what I mean? Like, he's the equivalent of, like... I think he's a bit like one of those, like, European um, politicians. Well, he is European, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm, <laughs> like, I feel he's like a politician almost sometimes. Like, he wants to... I think the way he sets the team up, I think um, Ricky, R- Ricky referred to it a few times. Like... I don't feel like he, he he's going to let them off the leash, you know, ever mm-hmm. really. And you know, he has a very they have a very like rehearsed way of playing, which I think plays into. And when they don't like against Leeds, every now and then there was a move that was like, oh, amazing improvised move. Mm-hmm. But I almost wonder some. So my but what this is a long winded way of saying I'm not sure if he inspires the players particularly in, in sometimes. You know, like I feel like. When I watched his post-match interviews, I'm like, "Who's don't like we were talking about? Oh, the players just ignored my my tactics." I'm like, "That's interesting that you're you're telling us that. What does that mean? You know, have the players just ignored your what you told them to do? You know, well, that's not a good sign, right?" So, well, he did. Did he say ignored? He said like it didn't implement, as in it was like, yeah. Well, if they didn't implement it, then they ignored it, didn't they? I mean, well, maybe it was uh, not. Deliberate. Anyway, but this is a very long way if you say you think we're going out. I slightly worry, yeah, that they're not going to come up with the goods when they really need to at this moment in time. But having said that, that's my deep, deep down. I'm, I'm not going to predict that we're going to lose. I'm going to predict that we're going to go through. So make of that what you will. I'm, it's a confusing situation. I say we'll scrape through, maybe on penalties. What about you? Oh, yeah, we, we, we'll get through. Um, I, I think we'll win 2-0 two, two and oh, okay. we, will, we will make it Very through to the, to the round of 16. Okay. Rick. Yeah, I um I share your concerns. I think also that the problem is this podcast will be repeated in what four weeks if we do or three weeks if we do go through. Because yeah. still be Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be excruciating. Every tie is gonna be excruciating. Yeah. But can someone just confirm before I get my head around it that away goals still count in exactly the same yes. way as normal. Yeah. It yes. has to be the most crazy thing of any football game yeah. of all time that yeah. they get the benefit of having 30 more minutes being able to score an away goal in a <laughs> neutral ground. Yeah. yeah. Why don't, why don't they flip it so that the team that finished top got to play the away game second in these circumstances? I mean, none of it makes any sense, does it? I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. They yeah. have a massive advantage. They can take, they can draw one all and then have half an hour where if they score one, we have to score two. But... um. What I think the score is going to be, I think oh, it'll be really close. I can see going to extra time um, and us winning 2-1 in extra time. 
Okay. Max? I, I think we're going to make hard work of it. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a couple hairy moments. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're right. That's what I meant. We'll make hard work of it. It's a brilliantly short-winded way of saying what I was yeah. dribbling on about. We're going to make hard work of it, but I think I reckon we'll win 2-1. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think we've got enough to, to get through this. We, 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 we sometimes turn up in the Europa League, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, our record in the Europa League until was yeah. is, is really good. we've scored goals in the Europa League, haven't we? A lot, you know, that's I mean, Dundalk's not yeah. a great yard. Yeah, we played a lot. Of, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we've got Leicester on Sunday at noon. Noon kickoff. Yeah. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Right. Take take a one nil defeat again, Boyd. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you supporting, Boyd? <laughs> well. I mean, if Leicester lose, then maybe Brendan might, you know, might feel that can... Uh, <coughs> 12 o'clock yeah. kickoff. Yeah, 12 o'clock, according to my... Uh, yeah, very short turnaround, because we've got to get yeah. back from uh, Athens. It's a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nightmare. Athens, yeah, I, th- I feel like travel is going to play a big part in that. Mm. I, I, d- I do not fancy us for that one at all. No. I do, I, I do think that's going to be a, a tough day at the office. They're absolutely flying as well. But their, their home form isn't as good as their away form. That's either. true. That is true. Yeah. Nil, I imagine. But doesn't. But um, Vardy scores against us every single fucking time we play, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, he, he, there's no way he's not going to score against us, is there? Yeah. It's just. I mean, the good. And the Alan Alga goes on about how you know we should have signed him years ago. He's Alan says, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, he's probably right. <laughs> but yeah, the, the the good news is they also have a massive game Thursday night, albeit they're at home. But they drew nil nil. Mm. Um, against Prague, so there's you know there's a big game for for them to worry. About. I mean that's the only thing that's um, that's positive. But yeah, to have to travel back and then have the early game on a Sunday mm. is not it, it's not ideal. I, I cannot see us um, you know winning, but I can sort of see us sitting here next Monday doing a podcast, going well we got through in Europe. You know if it was that way round, would would probably accept it. So yeah. I just think it's going to continue the theme of the season, which is like there's a bit of glimmer of positivity. That never means we're going to be totally deflated, but there's there's plenty of uh, down points um, as well. I think a, a sort of two two nil defeat at Leicester, sadly. Oh, <laughs> Max, did you predict a, a scoreline? Oh, sorry, no. I, didn't yeah. I mean the rules are very clear. You have to predict the scoreline. It, it, it does reek of a two nil them, doesn't it? Okay. It does reek of two nil Leicester, so I'll go with that as well. <laughs> Um, Ricky Lawrence. Yeah, um, we've had some really bad games at Leicester recently. We have. Yeah, we yeah, have. I remember Maitland Niles was sent off there. We got 3 yeah. 0 in Emery's, one of Emery's last games. So I think it was 3 0, I'm not sure. Um, but we did beat We had a great time against them when they won the league, though, didn't we, famously? Oh, we, we did beat them. Yeah, we beat them in the League Cup this year. Yeah, uh, we did beat them in the League Cup, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah okay. I think scored. Or, oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to say we're actually going to. We're going to turn up, and we are going to also. We're also going to win that game two one. Wow! So back back to back two one wins. Considering you're very quite damning. Take it with a pinch of salt. But I know I'm not, I'm not overly just you know just gruntled. It's just uh, it's also not that exciting. Yeah, I, I, I just, just mildly think, gruntled. Yeah, mildly. Yeah. No, again, I think we said it last week when you know there was a little bit of excitement about Arsenal potentially challenging, you know, three or four weeks ago for a, a place in Europe. There was just this feeling that there was a run of games coming where we were unlikely to pick up the number of points that that we needed, and and sadly, um, you know, it's, we're kind of going to form, aren't we? You know, in in most recent games, and you know, we've got got Leicester, and then you know, Burn, Burnley away, Tottenham at home, West Ham away. 
Liverpool, you just cannot, you, you could see us not picking up a, a whole lot of points. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to be excited and positive about Europe and, and hope we can uh, navigate our way towards certainly the, the latter stages. Roll the punches. Yeah. Did you predict the score for the Leicester game, Josh? Yeah, I said we'd lose 2-0. Two, two oh, yeah, 2-0. So I'm going to say, um, I'll go for a one-all one all draw. Um, well, I think we've reflected realistically the state of play at Arsenal at the moment. And, and, and you know, I think we've been uh, scrupulously fair and accurate. Thank you to Max for Thanks coming for back. And uh, make sure you watch the rest of Behind Our Eyes. Yeah, I will do it. I'll get on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Rick, give it a go. Rick. You, you, I mean, it's like the yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting experience. Go on. Boys, any final top tips for TV? People should be watching as we as behind our eyes. I'm just I'm, that's, that's anything yeah. else. Anything else? Um, boy, have you seen your honor? Yeah, your honor's decent. Yeah, your honor's good. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's with um, Brian Cranston of Breaking Bad fame, and it's a compelling story. Yes. That just that starts this week on Sky, I think. Yeah, yeah. I would give. I, I've seen it. it's good. I think it's interesting. I mean, bit ten episodes, a bit too long, but um, it's decent. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Good point. That's my recommendation. Thanks, Boyd. Thank you all very much, and uh, we'll be back next week. Cheers. Bye. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.